Well, good morning, church. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning, church. Good morning. And what a joy to be able to start an Easter Sunday service off with baptism. Amen? Amen. So we're just going to worship together today. This is Gunnar Johnston. Gunnar's 10 years old, and a few weeks ago, he came to faith in Christ. And a beautiful part of that story is his mom was the one who led him to Jesus. What, what a precious, precious call. And so Gunnar, you come today knowing that you've trusted Jesus. And not ashamed of who he is. Amen? Amen, brother. Gunnar, on your profession of faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you today, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in the likeness of His death, raised with Christ in the likeness of His glorious resurrection. Amen. Amen. Now let me tell you something. When Gunter came in this morning, he met me right down here on the front row, and he said, this is an extraordinarily good day. So I don't know anybody that I've seen lately that's so excited about having Christ in their life than Gunnar Johnson. If you don't know him, you need to get to know him. And his mom, you need to hug those folks. They're great people, and we're so glad that she led him to Jesus, and he's here. Hey, listen, stand to your feet for just a second. Now let me ask you this. I see choir members wanting to move, so go ahead and move. Sing this with me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing it louder. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No. Found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. No other found I say it again. No Louder. No found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. And don't you just feel good all under? Now I want you to be seated where you are except praise team, you can stand. Everybody else can be seated for a moment. This is the time when we have an in-gathering for our Annie Armstrong uh, offering for missions. And so there are two baskets down here. I'm going to ask Susan to play. And isn't it wonderful to have someone playing the piano and have Susan on the organ again? Fantastic. I'm going to tell you something, Pat. The first Sunday I was here, we did not have an organist. 
And so they had us stand right over here, Carol and I, and people were coming around. And I had several senior adults who said to me, did you know we have an organ? And I said, where? And so they started pointing to that brown box in the corner. And it wasn't long before God gave us an organist, and now he's uh, completed the team with a pianist. So we're just so thankful. She's going to play something. Let's have a prayer this morning, asking God's blessings on this offering. And you come and, and give as God leads you. Lord Jesus, we're thankful. We're so thankful today to be in your presence. We're so thankful that because you live, we live. We're thankful for salvation. We're thankful for the calling that you place on our lives to join you on missions here in this world so that no one necessarily die and be separated eternally from you. It can be with you. We're thankful for heaven and our home that is there. And Lord, today we have an opportunity to give to this offering so that others can hear the good news of Jesus and get salvation and get a new home and a new life. We love you so much. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. to see you. Do you know how good you look today? Just look around and you'll see somebody that looks at least as good as you. I mean, don't we all just look good on Easter? We really do. I'm glad to see so many folks here today and glad to say, by the way, I saw Keller Hudson up in the balcony today. She has a new video out, a music video. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. You know, though, Keller, there's something that happens. I was so amazed because I saw your dad down here at the offering time, and it seems like every time you're here that the hurricane gets blown out of the balcony. (laughs) And I'm glad for that. So glad to see you. Let's all stand together today as we sing, He Lives. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart.
thing on. That it works better when you turn the switch on, doesn't it, brother? Every single time. Well, it's so good to see each of you today. Glad that you are here. And just in case I haven't met you, uh, my name is Ken, and I have the wonderful joy of being the transitional pastor here at Popular Springs. And a lot of you, a lot of places you could have been today, but we're so glad that you are here and that you're worshiping with us. And I've got to tell you, um, the best message... That will be preached today has already been preached. And that was the baptism. There is no clearer picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus than believer's baptism. To think that you could pass from death to life. To think, listen, let me ask you a quick question. Did your mom and dad ever sit you down and say, sweetheart, we love you so much. Today's the day we're going to teach you how to lie. Did they do that? Of course not. That, that'd just be stupid, wouldn't it? Did your mom and dad ever sit you down one day and say, sweetheart, we need to teach you something. We want to teach you how to steal. Did they ever have to do that? Didn't have to. Why? Because you came custom built. Out of the womb, knowing how to lie, knowing how to steal. Why is that? Because the Bible emphatically teaches that all of us are born in this thing called sin. Now sin will make you stupid. Somebody say amen. There's just a lot of stupid things that happen. And most of that is the result of sin, this fallen nature. We know we could go way, way back to our great, 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 great grandma and grandpa, Adam and Eve, and you can figure it out. There in the garden, there's the fall, there's where sin started. And and, and men and women have been in a mess ever since. Right? Matter of fact, you can trace every war, you can trace every disease, you can trace every difficulty to the fact that you and I are fallen people living in a fallen world as the result of sin. Now that is just a bad, bad place to be. And aren't you glad you don't have to stay there? Because God in His infinite grace and mercy made a way through His Son, Jesus. Can you imagine? Here is Jesus. And He's, he's riding in. His, we call it the triumphal entry. He comes riding in on a donkey. And the people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And the very ones that said that a few days later, we're going to shout, crucify Him, crucify Him. There's Jesus going into the temple, chasing the money changers out, and, and says that my father's house is going to be known as a house of prayer. You can go with him on that Wednesday, and there's this meal that they're having together, observing Passover. You've got all these different things that happen. You, you, you've got this upper room experience with his disciples. You, you, you go on into John chapter 17, and there's him Praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Ultimately, here comes Judas and the soldiers and Jesus is arrested. You know about the false trial. We watched 48 hours last night. I was so frustrated. I thought an innocent man just went to jail. Here's Jesus. Had no sin, knew no sin, could not sin. And yet the Bible clearly says... That on that Friday, Jesus hanging on the cross became sin for us. I want you to think about that for a second. Every sin that you would ever commit, every sin that you will commit 
Do you know that Jesus has already died for that sin? The book of Colossians says that Jesus, it's like he took the handwriting of ordinance. In other words, everything that you and I would ever do, all humanity, every sin, every dysfunction, and Jesus wrote those things down. It is so He nailed it to His cross. And when the blood and water flowed down, it is like that precious blood washed our sins away. No wonder Jesus cried out to Telestai, It is finished. I'm about to get Pentecostal here this morning, alright? I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus took care of a debt that you and I could not take care of. And He did it on the cross of Calvary once and for all. I don't know where you are in all of that today. I don't. I know where I am. I know that Jesus became real to me on June 11th, 1978, just down the road here in a place called Gur. I watched a few weeks ago as, as Gunnar made his profession of faith and listened to his mom share about how she led him to faith in Christ. And so I, I love that profession. I, I don't know all of you well enough. I don't know where you are in that and kind of what you believe. But I promise you this. You are not here by chance and you are not here because of macaroni and cheese and ham and green beans. <laughs> I believe in the sovereignty of God. And that means this. That means that God sovereignly chose for you to be here today to experience this time of worship and to hear the gospel be proclaimed. And today just could be somebody else's day of salvation. Man, that'd be a good thing. That'd be such a good thing. Now, none of that was in my notes. Not a word of it. (laughs) That is just because I'm happy as i got good sense right now, all right? Man, God, it's just, you know, Jesus has done something in me that's it's, it's almost unexplainable. But I just know that He did. We've been studying in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and I want to go there. You may have never heard a, an Easter or a resurrection message out of the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So... Today will be a first for both of us because I've never preached one of that text. So I've never preached it and maybe you've never heard it, but today we're going to cross off a first. These are some believers here. They've been walking with Jesus for a while and this church has gone through a lot of ups and downs. Can anybody identify with ups and downs? Maybe this was a good week. Maybe it wasn't such a good week. All of us have ups and downs. And this church experienced persecution because of their belief in the gospel and their passion for the gospel. They were unashamed of Jesus. I'm not talking about people who put those Jesus bumper stickers and wear the t-shirts and act like the devil. I'm talking about people who were really, truly born again from above and were not ashamed of the new life that Jesus Jesus was producing in them. By the way, you can't produce the new life. I, I had some grapevines in Traveler's Rest. And I, learned, I learned some fascinating things about those grapevines. And they parallel John 15. I learned that the branches only bear the fruit. They don't produce the fruit. Now that's significant. 
Because you could be here today and you would say, Ken, here's the deal. I'm better than my neighbor, so i got to be okay. If your standard is your neighbor, buddy, you are in trouble. Because the standard is Jesus Himself. And the only life that God will ever be pleased with is the life of Jesus. So that's why the book of Ephesians says it's not of works lest any man should boast. There is a grace act that God did through Jesus. And these in in Thessalonica had believed that and they were living that. And they were even suffering because of it. But one thing that they'd been taught was that Jesus was going to come back. Not only would He redeem their soul from sin, He would redeem them in a life called everlasting or eternal life in heaven. And here's what happened. Some of the believers who believed that, for whatever reason, and only God knows, they died. There's a new stat. don't know if you saw it in the Greenville News or Spartanburg Herald this week or not. But one out of one died. Everybody's going to die. And if you don't die, it will be because you are trusting Jesus. And when He comes in the rapture, you, you, you're just going to get to see something spectacular happen. Okay? I'm going to get there in a minute. I'm about to get ahead of myself. And so these struggling Christians are like, wait a minute. If my loved ones have already died and they were trusting Jesus... What is that going to mean when he returns? Fair question. And so now Paul is teaching them, hey, they are safe and secure in Jesus. Even though they may have died, they are safe and they are secure. And so that's the background. That's where we're going to pick up in this text this morning. And I'm going to encourage you to do something. It's just a practice that I dearly love and I'm going to ask you to participate in. I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Matter of fact, hold up your Bible or your device and say this. This is the Bible. If God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing Word. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that who, we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry and command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Lord, thank you for this sweet time of worship and celebration today. And so, God, my heart is so full. And I just I thank you for the Spirit in this room today. And I pray, God, even as we walk through this text, that you will just continue, Lord, to minister to us and to teach us and to grow us. God, I pray that somebody would come to know you today. God, I pray that somebody would have a life-changing experience today. God, maybe there's a prodigal who's drifted and they're going to come home today. God, maybe there's somebody who is frustrated and, and they're just thinking about this life and just making it till tomorrow. 
And yet, God, you're going to show us that you've got something extraordinary planned for each of us who trust you and love you and know you. And God, we pray that you would speak that so clearly today. And that, God, we would begin to live like eternity really matters. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. I've got four quick points today. Four quick points. So I just need you to sit up. I just need you to listen. And we'll get through this pretty quickly this morning. I will tell you what that Kardashian chick told her last husband. I won't keep you long. (laughs) So so we got we got things to do, amen? All right. So first thing I want you to see in the text is this the resurrection brings hope in spite of grief. The resurrection brings hope in spite of grief. Remember, they were thinking, what's going to happen to our loved ones? They they saw, listen, this has really been birthed in me in the last several weeks. Some of you know, some of you don't know, but in the last three to four weeks, the last month, my sister and I, we've had to put our parents into an assisted living facility in Greer. My mom and dad, their, their minds are gone, their bodies are gone, and it's horrible. I can't tell you how much I have cried. I can't tell you how much I have agonized over the fact that I can go and see my mom and she's not uncomfortable, but she has no idea who I am. And some of you know what that's like, right? It's been, it's been agonizing. It's been painful. I, I'm watching my dad and he's just a, we, we look so much alike. If you, if you see me, you, I'm just telling you, I am a carbon copy of my dad. And I'm watching that little body just shrink down to nothing. He is just skin and bone and he doesn't want to eat. And, and, and he, I came home one day and I said, hon, here's the deal. The parents that I knew, they're gone. They're gone. And I sat there one day and I watched my dad. And I just said, Lord, I don't want to see him suffer. And he is in misery. He hates it that mom doesn't know who he is. My mom just calls him friend. My friend. She doesn't even know that they're married anymore. And I said, Lord, if you want to take him, then you can take him. And I watched him. And his hand, I'm not, I'm not making this up. His hand went straight up in the air and did just like this. And I thought, oh my gosh. He's getting ready to check out. And I just prayed for him to check out, right? But what he was doing, he was dreaming. And he was dreaming that Pat was giving him something and he dropped it and then he woke up. Scared the fire out of me, alright? But I thought in that moment, it really would have been okay. And you know why? Because our text says this. You and I who know Jesus, even with death comes, we still have hope. we got hope. And for some of us, I know that's harder for us to wrap our mind around than others. But I'm just telling you something. This life is temporary. And I think God is maybe trying to trim some of the ropes off of us to help us understand that this world is not our end. This is not where we are going to stay. 
You, you, you may be here today and you're broken hearted and you can identify in this text. You know what it is to have sorrow. You know what it is to have a broken heart. You know what it is to weep and to grieve and to cry. The followers of Jesus, they were broken hearted and the women went that day to, to see what was going on and yet they, they forgot the words of Jesus. But when they got to the tomb and the stone was rolled away and there was the angel, Luke 24, 7 says, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. We can have hope for eternity. Why? Because Jesus keeps His promises. He did die, but He did not stay dead. On the third day, He got up. John, on the Isle of Patmos, was suffering the same reason for the cause of Christ. Here He was on the Alcatraz of that day. And here's what He saw. I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation, and the kingdom and patience and endurance that are in Jesus, was on the Isle called Patmos, on the account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and, I, and behind me I heard a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And as I was turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstand was one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, white like wool, like snow. His, 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 his feet were like burnished brass, resigned refined in a furnace and his voice was like the roar of many waters in his right hand he held the seven stars and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength when I saw him I fell at his feet as though I was dead but he laid his right hand on me saying fear not for I am the first and the last the living one I died and behold I am alive forevermore somebody say amen you can bank on the promises of Jesus. You may not can bank on our governor. You may not bank on our president. You may not bank on a senator or a congressman. But I guarantee you this. You can bank on the words of Jesus. He said, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. The resurrection brings us hope in spite of grief. Number two, without the resurrection, we could not anticipate eternal life with Jesus. I, I, so, so they say, brothers, don't, don't be uninformed. The people that have gone on before you, listen, you still have hope. You, you're going to grieve, yes. But you don't grieve as others who have no hope. You have hope because of your relationship with Jesus. Second of all, listen, not only do you have hope, but you can anticipate eternal life with Jesus. Verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus will God bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. You can anticipate that. God will be true to His Word. I, I like the way that... Uh, oh, my soul, my soul. Hey, it's just us today. It's just us today. Just, just listen to this. There's so much Scripture in my heart. Oh, my soul, my soul, my soul. L -l -l listen to this. And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. 
then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ Jesus have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then it is coming who those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when He delivers the kingdom of God the Father and destroying every rule and every authority and power. For He must reign until He has put every enemy under His feet. So I'm telling you today, you can anticipate the resurrection and anticipate eternal life with Jesus. Your faith does not have to be fake. Say, Kim, what is God doing now? God is redeeming right now. That's what God is doing. And say, Kimbo, our world looks like it's getting worse and worse. Friend, God is redeeming. And He is at work. Number three, the resurrection guarantees our victory over sin, death, and the grave. If I were to stay in that chapter, matter of fact, I might as well just go ahead and go back there. I tell you, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you, mystery, we shall not all sleep, But we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death! is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, that will preach on its own. He has whooped sin. He has whooped death. He has whooped the grave. He has whooped hell. You can be guaranteed of that. Why? Because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection. So well, what, what do you think God's still doing? I'll tell you what He's doing. God is redeeming and He is putting every enemy under His feet. Hey, mark this down. When you read the Spartanburg Herald, I know there's a lot of bad news in it. Can I encourage you to do something? Read less of the Spartanburg Herald Journal or the Greenville News or the New York Times and start reading more of the Bible. And you will be encouraged because you will understand everything that is over our head is still under His feet. He is ruling and He is reigning. And His perfect will is all going to come in His own perfect timing. You can anticipate that. Yesterday we had a treat. Oh, it was just... We knew... We hadn't seen one of our sons and daughter-in-laws in quite a while. They live in Lynchburg, Virginia. They both work for Liberty University. And they're both getting their master's. And they've got a sweet hookup. I mean, they got a great apartment that's furnished. All their food is furnished. And even their school is being furnished. I mean, it is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And so we knew that they were going to get to come. And we had kids and grandkids over yesterday. And an explosion happened about 10 o'clock, right? But about 9 o'clock, we heard the front door open. 
And they, they came early. So we really weren't expecting them to be there that early. And we heard the door open and Pat walks around the corner and she just does this. Now I'm thinking, is it Charles Manson in there? I mean, what is happening? And then I heard his voice and I shot around the corner and he's this tall, Simeon's this tall and I grabbed him. Oh, Pat, I grabbed that boy and I thought, boy, he got some cake on the backside. That boy gained some weight. That married life had been good to him, you know? But I grabbed him and I'm telling you, it was, it was wonderful. And I'm telling you, that kind of anticipation is growing in my heart because you know what's going to happen? It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next month. I don't exactly know when. I'm not going to set a date. I'm not going to... I'm not, but I do know this. The Lord Jesus is coming again. And the resurrection guarantees, it assures the return of Jesus and the rapture of His people. Look again at the text. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry, command, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. I mean, I know that most of you know this, but I mean, you know there's a, there's a grave, graveyard right up there, right? Oh, my soul. So here's what's going to happen. When the Lord gets the okay from the Father, and it's going to happen one day, the last person is going to come in. And Father God's going to look at the Son and say, okay, it's time. Go get your bride. And the Lord's coming. And there's going to be the shout. There's going to be the voice of the archangel. There's going to be the, the sound of, the, uh, of a trumpet. And it's going to blare. And, and, and you better watch out because something's going to happen. And the Bible says every dead person in Jesus is coming up over there. Now you may not believe it, but I'm telling you, that's what the Bible says. And I believe it. Maps and all. Everything. Rock and roll didn't start with Elvis. <laughs> And then play, it's going to rock and roll over there, baby. It's going, to, it's going to shake. And the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then you and I who remain are going to join them in the air. And we will be with the Lord forever. Say, are you sure that's going to happen? I'm positive. You know why? Because the Bible says it and Jesus' resurrection guarantees it. Pat and I met at North Greenville. Some of y'all know that. We met at North Greenville University. I'll close at this point. We, we met at North Greenville back in, back in the early 80s. We got married in 83, so we're, we're old, sweetheart. And, uh, but I, I saw her, and boy, I just kind of, you know, got all Google-eyed over her a little bit. And, but there, I don't know if y'all have ever been to North Greenville, Tigerville. It, I mean, it's changed a little, but it hadn't changed a lot. There's not very much to do in Tigerville. So being on campus especially, we, back then we, we didn't have the football team. We did have baseball, we did have tennis, and we had basketball. And volleyball, that's pretty much it. 
And so there was nothing to do on campus. So during basketball season, I would go because I dearly love basketball. But our basketball team was horrible. I hope nobody is here that played. Don't want to offend anybody. But I'm telling you, it was awful. But you would go to the games. Why? Because there's nothing else to do. You're bored out of your wit sometimes, so you just go. It became a social event, not an athletic event. It was more of a social event. And when it got really, really boring, we waited on one of the female basketball players to lead us in a cheer. Now, her name was Carol Dunn. And Carol and Pat were very good friends. Pat led Carol to Jesus. Okay? Now, she had a nickname on campus. Her nickname was Poochie Dunn. Okay? Poochie Dunn. So, Pat's white. Carol was black. I called them Fudge Ripple. Alright? Because where you saw one, you would always see the other. And we love, even to this day, we love, we love, and we just, she's a precious sister in the Lord. Haven't seen her in years. They live in the Charlotte area. But love them, love them, love them. And so, so we would, Poochie would help us kind of liven things up because she would lead us in a cheer. And it was one of the, now I know I'm dating myself, but it was one of the cheers that went like this. It would go like, um, give me an N, N, you got your N, you got your N, give me an O, O, you got your O. Okay, North Greenville Mounties, all right? <laughs> it took a long time. But it was the most exciting thing going on. And when she would start, everybody would join in. It was so exciting. We anticipated that. Why? Because that was something worth celebrating. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming again because of the resurrection. And that, my friend, is worth celebrating. So I'm going to lead you in a cheer as we close this message. Now you can sit there like a knot on a log if you want to, or you can participate. Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me an S. What does it spell? Who is King? Who is Lord? Who died for you? Who's coming again? Jesus. Jesus. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Are you ready? I'm going to ask every person just to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. My goal today is not to embarrass a soul. But I will not be ashamed of the gospel. You're here today and say, Ken, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know that I know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and say, Ken, I know that I don't know Jesus. And I need you to pray for me because there's something going on inside of me that I can't explain. But I'm very aware that I need Jesus. Hey, if that's you, just do me a, just do me a favor. I'm, I'm not going to come to where you are, but would you just let my eyes catch your eyes? I just want to pray for you. Anybody else? Again, pray for me. I know. I, all right, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I just want to pray. Anybody else? 
can pray for me. I need Jesus. Lord, I don't know what all may be going on right now in this room. But Lord, I am conscious and fully aware that there are at least four people who, who look at me and identified that God, you're doing something in them. And God, there, there's a drawing to you. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to continue that work of conviction. God, I'm asking you today to give them courage. Lord, I ask you even now, God, to save and to rescue them. Lord, to write their names down in the Lamb's book of life. And so, Lord, I pray that even in the next few moments, God, that many would come to know you. Those of you that looked at me, and even if you didn't, listen, I want to do for you what Dr. J. Harold Smith did for me when I was 16 years old. He led me in a sinner's prayer. Nothing magical about it. It's, it's not that you're talking necessarily to me. I'm only guiding you as you talk to Jesus. But right where you're sitting, just if you believe that, that Jesus is calling you to trust Him, that you believe that He died for you, that He rose again for you, and you believe in the, that you, you want the power of the gospel to save you and change you, just pray this right now. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I confess that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. I believe that you came. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. And I'm asking you to come into my life, my heart, to save me, to change me. Lord, with my mouth I confess and with my heart I believe. Lord, save me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. If you're here today, I'm going to encourage you to do what I did when I was 16 years old. I prayed that day and asked Jesus to save me. And I came forward in in an invitation. And I had a pastor to pray with me. And men began to encourage me. See, the deal is this. Conversion is not the final goal. I'm glad that somebody could be here today and you pray to receive Christ. But I want to watch you grow. We want to help you. We, we, we want to just give you some wisdom and instruction of how to continue to grow in the Lord. So if you're here today and you've prayed, I want you to come forward. And let's just celebrate that today. Maybe there's something else going on in your heart. And you just need to pray. And you maybe want to come to the front. Or you can pray where you are. But you're not consciously living with anticipation of His return. May the Lord really change our heart and we start living as though eternity really matters. So as our worship team leads us, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to ask you to simply obey whatever God's telling you to do. If I can help you, I will be right here.
Are you happy you've been in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Do you know He's alive? Amen. Are you excited about it? Amen. Are you excited enough to walk out of this place and tell somebody about it? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Listen, don't say it if you don't mean it. Because God heard you. It doesn't matter if I did or not. It doesn't even matter if Pastor Ken did. But God heard you say you'll share it. So go and share it today. Hey, as you're leaving today, hey, before I get to get get to that, I want to thank all those who uh, were responsible for our uh, extravaganza on Wednesday. That was a great time. Let's give them a hand. Uh, they're just scattered amongst you, Kim and Paul, and just a bunch of people. I mean, it was a great time had by all, and uh, we we barely had enough food. Barely had enough food. I got mine. I just want you to know that. So I'm excited about that. It was a great time. Well, no telling what God's going to do next. Normal activities this week. We look forward to it. Uh, school's back in session. Everything's great. So we'll look forward to seeing you next week. As you leave today, uh, there'll be some guys out there to receive the regular offering from you. And also, if you're uncomfortable with that, going out by the portico, there's black boxes on the wall. So please um, just make yourselves aware of those things, and we'll look forward to that. I look forward to receiving those offers and seeing what God's going to do. Listen, God's up to some great things. There's all kind of things going on next Sunday night. If you are one of our regular attenders, next Sunday night. And even if you're not, get regular and come next Sunday night. But let me tell you, I don't want you to come empty-handed. There used to be a song we used to sing called, Must I Go and Empty-Handed? Well, don't come empty-handed next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. We're having a fellowship time with the good folks at Entry First Baptist Church where we're in partnership with them in a revitalization process. God is doing things. They baptized about five people last week. So you need to come and meet them. We're going to have a blue line. Now, somebody thought I was going to do this down. 
down the middle of the floor and you only had entry on one for one part and and us on the other. But that's not how it is. I just want you to sit with some of their folks at the table and get to know them. And we're going to have a very brief program just so you'll get to know them. That's next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. And, uh, or six o'clock, and you come and bring food. It's potluck. You bring food. Um, also, the following Sunday night, which is May 1, also at six o'clock, uh, we're going to have, or six o'clock, we're going to have, um, another fellowship time. You were to bring food then also, and that is our compass meeting. Now, compass meeting, for those of you who may not be familiar with it, or those of you who've forgotten what it was all about, compass meeting is like our family business meeting. We hear from uh, all our ministry leaders. So you'll come. We eat first. We eat first. And the reason we do that is so that they won't talk so long. Afterwards, they'll be full. They want to get their stuff done and go home and go to bed. No, I'm just kidding about that. But come on May 1st. Two opportunities for fellowship. Don't miss it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what we've experienced. And that is the excitement of knowing that you're alive and that you are, even now, redeeming. And Lord, I pray that as we go from here that we can't get away from that so much that we're going to tell the first person we see. We love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for the day. In Jesus' name, amen.